Hey, hey, friends. This is Jessie DeShane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There might be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Manuela of With Endo on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jesse, for having me here. Uh, I'm very, very excited. This is my first podcast. And oh, really? I mean, <laughs> yes. And it's super exciting to be here and, yeah, to share my story and see who, I mean, I know there are a lot of women out there that can relate to this story, that can see, uh, I mean, through the things that I've that I lived uh, with endometriosis, they can see something that might be similar to them. And yeah, the only idea is to start creating this awareness about this condition that exists and that is real. And even though endo, well, it's ima- it's, it's an uh, invisible illness, mm-hmm. we are not. And the symptoms that we suffer are not invisible to us and to the families and to our families or the people that are around us. So yeah. 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 My, so my best friend has endometriosis. So I understand a little bit, um, what it is, but for anyone that's listening to the podcast that doesn't know what endometriosis is or some of the symptoms that maybe they don't even know exist. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, of course. Well, endometriosis happens when part of that lining that grows inside your uterus starts growing outside the uterus. Uh, this could affect multiple uh, organs of yours. Uh, basically, it, I mean, endometriosis is most, mostly found in the repro- reproductive organs and all of that area, like the abdominal area, it can be in the bladder, it could be, I mean, some people say that endometriosis hasn't been found in the splint, but there are some cases of endometriosis in there as well. Mm. And these lesions, they attach to these organs and they start growing in there like if they were um yeah it's like a seed that you plant somewhere and then it starts growing it can develop nerves and that's why we start suffering from excruciating pain uh endometriosis there have been cases that are super extreme that have been found in the brain or in the lungs so there have been women that have collapsed lungs because of their endometriosis so that's why we urge everyone to pay attention to their symptoms and the things they are feeling in their body. And if they, if they feel that there's something wrong, like scream it, you have yeah. to say it, you have to speak up and say there is something wrong and not accepting just the answers that we normally get that are you're crazy or you're mm-hmm. inventing your pain or you have nothing or pain cramps, uh, uh, period cramps are super normal for every woman because yeah. yeah, we all have cramps, right? But endometriosis ones are are completely different you you once you have it you feel it and you know that that can't be normal Mm -hmm. so yeah that's basically what endometriosis is so these lesions attach to every single organ Mm -hmm. that they can find and they start growing they start uh, creating nerves yeah and terminations in it Mm -hmm. so that's why the pain increases Um, and then we from there because endometriosis and the way we see it um, 
it's more of a systemic illness, which means that it attacks your whole body and your hormones more than just focusing on one part. But the part that it shows the most in your body is, of course, your reproductive system. Yeah. So do most of the symptoms pop up around your period or can the symptoms that like kind of pop up throughout the entire cycle of your month? Yeah, the symptoms can pop out in any, I mean, in any part of your cycle, any part. I mean, there are women that have um, more pain during their periods, which is Mm -hmm. normal. And normally the, the women that suffer from endo, we have to take a time off during our periods because it's really, really extreme and it's hard and it, it hurts so much. Mm-hmm. So we do have to stop it, but this pain can come anytime. I mean, in my case, when, when I was in my worst part of my endometriosis, I couldn't go out walking alone because I didn't know when I was going to feel that pain. No now that I've been educating myself and learning so much about all of these things and endometriosis and for example, the food and how food can affect us, uh, is, it has changed a little bit, but still you need to be very aware of your body, how you're feeling in the morning, what is the amount of energy you have throughout the day to actually do the things or those tasks that you need to fulfill uh, in your day, but also to see if you might have a flare up, because I think mm-hmm. that when we start understanding and listening to our bodies, we can kind of predict when these things are going to happen. And that gives us more freedom because we can work through those dates per se. Yeah. We can work through the symptoms uh, if we actually know, because the problem with endometriosis and all of the women that suffer endometriosis is that we don't know anything Yeah, because yeah. No, no one is willing to teach us either. Yeah, And you go to the doctor and you tell him your symptoms and then he just overrules them and they, they can just say like, oh yeah, this is normal. It happens to all of the women or what you feel is, is absolutely in your head and you are completely fine. Mm-hmm. So that's also like part of, of, of the, the awareness that we want to, to create. It's that endometriosis is not painful only during our periods. It can happen at any time of the month. It can happen and it's now I know this and I, and I really want people to know it as well. It is very, very linked to the food we eat, mm. the bloating, the, the, I mean, the constant tiredness and feeling, yeah, like you can't do anything. All of these things, they are absolutely linked to the food we eat. Because normally, since, I mean, since this is a systemic illness, we, we have a lot of uh, problems, per se, like with our, with our hormones. They are in a complete, uh, these, or yeah, they are not balanced. They are mm-hmm. completely crazy, yeah. running <laughs> our body and doing whatever they, are, they, they can do to stay alive and to try to, to keep us like, going in our yeah. daily basis. And also, our liver is suffering tremendously because. Um, because we don't get that detox and we don't give our bodies the time to, to heal. We don't give our body the time and the food to do the job that it's supposed to do properly. Mm-hmm. There are some foods that for us, the majority of women with endometriosis, we have sensitivities to, for example, gluten. Yep. Those are the things that some women know, some women don't know. And for example, for me, that was huge because I've been, I love bread. <laughs> I love pizza and my sugar addiction was 
the biggest you can imagine. I mean, I could drink a bottle of soda, a big bottle of soda in one day. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. And, and I didn't know the damage that sugar was doing in my body and in my hormones and how it was avoiding my, yeah, my liver to do the process of detoxing throughout the night, throughout the night and, and getting all of those things that I didn't need it out. Mm-hmm. Also, I wasn't eating enough uh, fiber. So going to the bathroom was something impossible. And this influenced my bloating and the pain that it made me feel. So when I started understanding the process or, or yeah, the, the, the healing that the food does in my body mm-hmm. when I consume the right food and when I, because it's not like it's going to cure you, right? It's not going to yeah. take your endo away, but it is going to control those symptoms that makes your life harder with endometriosis. What symptoms? Like the ones I said before, you get extra tired all the time. You feel like you can't accomplish the basic tasks of your life, like getting out of bed, showering, mm-hmm. uh, making and eating your breakfast. Those things become so hard for us to do. And other symptoms, it could be irritable bowel movement. We mm-hmm. all suffer from that. That's where the bloating comes from. Um, we all, we suffer and we have a tendency to suffer from yeast infections. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That is something that it's very common with women with endometriosis, like a candida is for example, the type of fungi that, I mean, or, or the, yeah, the type of thing that we get the most. Yeah. Uh, and we had no clue. I mean, for at least me, I didn't, I didn't know that by eating a lot of sugar, I was actually feeding that thing. And not letting me, letting it get out of my body. Yeah. Plus, I mean, um, it was like, yeah, I already had this illness in my body that I didn't know, or these these bacteria or fungi, like you, whatever, uh, candida. <laughs> yeah. Be. I see it like a fungi, but when, and and I was like trying to get rid of it, uh, going through doctors, and these doctors gave me tons of pills to take, and I couldn't manage it. Mm-hmm. Once I started lowering my dairy intake and my sugar intake, I started seeing a reduction in, the, in my candida as well. So yeah. it's not saying endo is going to be cured with your food. No, but that is going to help you manage your symptoms. Yes. And it's not going to be an easy, a quick or easy fix. It's not going to be done now. No, mm-hmm. it's not like you stop eating gluten today and then you're not going to get bloated. No, yeah. <laughs> this is the process and, and it takes time and you need to be conscious and you also need to be uh very how do you say that like um very good at doing these things and doing it for yourself and repeating Mm. it every day creating a routine in the things you eat as well how you prepare your food the ingredients you use and how it makes you feel i think mainly for us because we have so many sensitivities to food it's important to track what we eat so mm-hmm. we know exactly what is this thing making me feel. Yep. And yeah, I think that's the best advice. <laughs> check your foods, check your sugar and your sugar intake, how much grams or how many grams of sugar are you eating throughout the day? Because sugar can also, this was something that I found out throughout all of this research. We, there is a glycemic curve, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes, it is, it always goes like this, right? But when you have, when you eat sugar, the peaks goes higher. So the drop down goes even, I mean, it's even stronger. So you lose more energy in those high peaks. And when you go down again, 
it's even worse. Yeah. Like I, I used to struggle with that a lot so much. Like I think across all chronic illness, food is so huge. Like for me, I don't eat gluten. Um, I'm almost a hundred percent dairy free. It's a little bit of a struggle sometimes, but I'm almost a hundred percent, but yeah. And sugar, it's just crazy. I didn't have candida, but I deal, uh, I dealt a lot with SIBO, which is a similar intestinal issue. And yeah, the bloating and the extreme pain and the lack of being able to go to the bathroom, like it just, it just makes other symptoms that you're feeling so much worse. And for me, I like, I love pasta. I love all that kind of stuff, but it was just like, for me though, as soon as I cut that and then I felt so much better, I was like, I don't need that. I can find gluten-free pasta. <laughs> I can find Absolutely. something else. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, it's that when you get that information and when you mm-hmm. know it, you get to choose. Yep. Before that, you, you have no clue. You can't choose. You just eat whatever you can because you have no clue that it's food that is actually affecting you and that is actually causing you all of these other symptoms or multiplying the feeling that they, that they give you. So mm-hmm. once we get this information and we know what we're talking about and we know what we need, it's easier to make these decisions and they are conscious decisions. Mm-hmm. So for us, we are lucky. We are the lucky ones because now we know the effects of food in our lives and, yeah. and, and we get to choose. For example, I told my, the, our nutri- uh, nutritionist that, mm-hmm. the, that works with us, Frankie, she's amazing. <laughs> and I asked her like, well, so during Christmas, should I do my diet? Because at the beginning when I started, I was super anti-diet and I was like, this doesn't work. Nah. Mm-hmm. And then when I started doing it, like you said, I started feeling some, some, so many different things. And I was like, yeah. wow, this actually works. So I went to her and said, look, this is amazing. I love it. I've been feeling with more energy. I don't feel that bloated. Um, my fatigue is way less than before. But it's almost Christmas. And, you know, I'm going to travel. I'm going to go with see my husband's family. Um, do I really have to keep on going with this diet? And her answer was like, well, Manu, if you continue with your diet, you're going to keep feeling great. You're going to keep feeling like you're feeling right now and even better because also gluten takes almost six months to leave completely your body once you Mm -hmm. stop uh, eating it. So it's also like this detox process from the time you stop consuming that protein and start eating other things, right? And the body starts going through these changes. And she said, so if you eat, whatever you eat, you can do it because it's your choice, mm-hmm. but you're going to go back to feeling crappy. I'm sorry, the word. Oh no, <laughs> you're <fine. laughs> You're going to go back to feeling crappy and then you're not going to enjoy your Christmas. You're not going to enjoy your trip. So what do you prefer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then again, we go back to that. The choice is mine. If I want to feel bad, okay, I'll go and eat my cheesy pizza with extra cheese and <laughs> yeah. <whatever. laughs> But I know that that's going to make me feel bad. So I have the choice. I mean, the choice is in my hands. I can Mm -hmm. do things now. When before I was just doing what I thought was best without really knowing. Yeah. And I think that's so huge. Like as you were talking about that, I wish that we were given this information 
in the beginning. So I do think the world is changing. I think doctors are becoming a little bit more woke to this like process that's happening across all chronic illness because I think more and more people are getting some sort of chronic condition, which is sad, but it's happening because that's what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. But I just wish like when I first started, when I was told that I had hypothyroid, it wasn't even my Hashimoto's. It was just hypothyroid at the time, not just, but it was, they didn't know it was autoimmune at the time. Basically all they told me was eat a low fat diet. And, um, yeah, that was about it. And like, at the time, and that's for, first of all, that's the opposite of what actually makes my body feel good. But she just told me to eat, you know, under three gra- or 30 grams of fat a day and I would lose weight because that's what she thought I was worried about versus like, you know, because they tested me for celiac, I wasn't celiac. So she's like, gluten's fine. You know, just all this stuff. But it wasn't until I took the time to be my own advocate and like went out and asked people and read things and found doctors that were interested in the whole body versus just losing weight or symptom management, um, which is also important, but also just looking at the whole body because my Hashimoto's created a lot of fatigue. It did create weight gain. It did create all of these other issues, but I was also having hormonal issues because I was on the IUD. I was also having hormonal acne because of my IUD. I was having, you know, stomach issues because I was eating gluten and dairy and sugar and soda. Like you're talking about soda. I was the soda queen. (laughs) Like I loved soda. And exactly. That's like what I grew up eating though, was like all that kind of stuff. So I didn't know that that was bad, um, for my body at least. And I just, I hope that it continues to be where doctors are really thinking about the, the body holistically, because I think some people could stop having, or could like, I mean, it took almost six years for me to actually take my health into my own control and figure out what was happening. So six years, all I did was take a pill every day and kind of eat low fat, but not really. So like, you know, it, if I would have been told that information at the beginning, my life could have been completely different. Absolutely. And that is something that we have found here. Like one of the main things and the thing that struck me the most was when, um, my nutri- my functional nutritionist she asked me have you ever gotten have you ever gotten your hormone tested and yeah i was like what do yeah. they do that yeah <laughs> do you do you get your hormones tested yeah i thought maybe that was like a when you get older and like go through menopause maybe that's when you get your hormones tested. <laughs> <laughs> and she said like absolutely you need to get your hormones tested because that's where you're going to see what's missing Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to see. What do you need to add to your diet in order to like fill up all of those gaps that you have now created through 28 years of eating bad, of having a really crappy lifestyle. Also, like these things, easy stuff, like going to bed early for me, mm-hmm. it was terrible. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would the, the queen of of late night yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best night owl that you can imagine that was me i mean 3 a.m 4 a.m and i was still awake mm-hmm. then going to bed i had to change completely that as well my schedule my timings for going to bed for working and doing all of these things that i needed to do throughout the day and 
I didn't believe in a, either. I didn't believe in a schedule to go into bed. And I said, you go to bed whenever you're tired, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> now I realized that, yeah, I mean, we need that time because we need the time to actually sleep and get mm-hmm. rest when we sleep because that's the time our body heals. Yes. During night. During mm-hmm. nighttime is the, is the time where our body heals, where we learn because our brain is re-recording or reproducing everything we learned throughout the day, everything we did throughout the day. So we need the time to actually go to bed and sleep and have a really good rest time for next day, waking up with all of your spoons. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You don't want to cut any of those spoons out that you are, <laughs> that no. you are, you're missing a few anyway. Yeah. They are precious. So you yeah. need to take care of the ones that you have. Mm-hmm. Use them wisely as well. And, and having a good uh, routine or night routine so you can rest. People mm-hmm. tell me, like, they ask me, like, oh, but how do you do to go to bed earlier? I mean, I, I tend to go to bed at 12 or at 1, and, and I can't go to bed earlier. Our biggest enemy before going to bed are the screens. Yeah. Yep. The light, everything that, 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 yeah, that sheds light, that's terrible. So my house, from 8, 8 p.m. starts dimming its light, it lights all of it. Like all of the mm. lights we start using, lower lights, uh, for example, bedside table lights for our room, nothing very bright. And then it starts, it creates like this thing in my brain that says, okay, it's almost time to bed. Mm-hmm. 8.30, we, t- we, we are finishing watching our TV and then at nine, everything is off, yeah. right? We only have the lights on and then that time we start just, we do our readings or we sit in, we sit in bed and we have our moments to talk about the day and the things. And that also creates, like if you have a, a couple, a person, a significant other, that also creates a space for you to have a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Because in these crazy times that we're living, we're always doing stuff, but we don't stop and have these nice times with our partners or with our family or yeah, with our significant others. Yeah. So I think that's also super important in adding that, like, I don't want to say regime, but yeah, it is a routine to go to bed certain days and at certain, a certain time and waking up at certain time. It will make your life easier. Yeah. Because yeah, when we have these chronic conditions, we tend to be messy with our time, of course, because we don't know what is going to happen next day. We don't know. We can't plan because we don't know what is going to happen or if it's going to really happen. And I think that gathering all of these things, the food, the sleep, and, and also creating our self-awareness, being able mm-hmm. to empower ourselves and, and talk about the things we need are key to start fighting back endometriosis. To, yes. to say to endo because also, Asking her, asking endometriosis or your illness, what are you trying to tell me? Yes, yep. That was something super, yeah, that was something super new for me. And then when I started all of this process, I I started asking a lot of questions like that. I stopped asking, why me? Why Mm -hmm. me? Why am I have to suffer this? And for example, not my sister. Why has to be me, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then... And then the question turned into, okay, why me? No. Why are you here? You're trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. And in my personal case, I'm not saying that this is for all of the women out there. In my personal case, endometriosis showed up to show me that I was strong. 
mm. and that women in general, because when I was growing up, I, I created this aversion of like, I hated being a woman because I, I connected it with being in pain, with being, uh, with, with suffering. Uh, I connected it with, with being weak. And mm -hmm. I thought, I don't want to be this. Males are the ones that, that are always strong and they don't feel pain and they're always okay. So why? Now I understand. Mm. It was here to show me that I am strong and that women are freaking strong. My end was like, you think you are very weak? Then mm -hmm. take this one. Boom. <laughs> yeah. And tell me, tell me what you feel. Tell me if you couldn't do it. Tell me if you are as weak as you think, because I don't think you, I don't think so. You're still here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also reframing our illnesses and seeing it as what they are, that they are our bodies trying to tell us that something is up, that something needs to be addressed, not only physically, mm -hmm. it can come from here and something that we, I mean, from your head and something that, that we have learned a lot about these illness and condition and the women that suffer is that Endo, it's truly related to traumatic um, events in your past. Mm. It doesn't have to be necessarily sexual or like sexual assault, but yeah. any, ca any case or any kind of traumatic experience that you suffer when you were a kid may be reflected when you're an adult as endometriosis. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy to even think about, but it's so, it's funny that we're talking about this because I actually wrote an Instagram post about this this morning, but just like the, I, I started it with like, I'm grateful for my Hashimoto's because of all the things that it taught me because my body was screaming that I needed to slow down and I needed to start caring about what I wanted in the world and what I wanted my purpose to be and how I wanted to spend my days instead of, instead of spending my whole life worrying about other people, making other people happy, making sure that other people are reaching their dreams, but not thinking about my own, not speaking my own truth with the throat, with the thyroid, not speaking my own truth. So um, it's like, there's so much negativity that comes with having a chronic condition. And I truly wish that I could just like snap my fingers and erase chronic symptoms for everyone in the world. But I think once you get to the point where you can look at your chronic illness, your chronic symptoms, whatever you're dealing with and be able to be like, okay, exactly like you said, I am strong. And this showed me that like this showed me this, you know, you wouldn't have started with endo if you didn't have endometriosis. Like you wouldn't have been able to help so many people if you wouldn't have been able to do that. I would have never started this podcast if I didn't have Hashimoto. So like there's so much good that can come from that. And when you get to the point where you can see that, not every day, some days you're going to be like, this sucks. I hate my life. Yeah, Other absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like getting on that train of it not being every day that you feel like that. Most days you're like, I am a normal human. I can live my life. I want to focus and do this with my life. And yes, I have a chronic condition also, but it's not my life. Like I can do other things. I think that exactly. that's so powerful. It's not letting your condition define who you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because that's not, I mean, you're, you have your condition, but that doesn't define who you are or what you can, or what you are capable to do. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we, we have days and I still have days where I say, F everything, yeah. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm just going to go to bed. 
And the most important thing is that for me and what I realized is that whenever I have those days, those bad days, I can't blame myself for feeling that way Mm -hmm. because that's another bad thing that we do. So we feel bad because we are feeling bad. Mm -hmm. And that is double terrible. If you have to feel something, if you feel like you can't do it today, okay, it's okay. And you don't have to feel yourself or beat yourself down over something that you couldn't do. There's Mm -hmm. always going to be a tomorrow. And I think that's super important for people with chronic conditions to understand. We will always have a tomorrow to do these things. We can't just keep putting and adding more luggage to an already heavy one that we have. Mm -hmm. So it's just, and I think for me and what I wish uh, other women would do as well with this is just being able, and these, you can do it through a lot of meditation and, and other techniques and maybe, um, doing um i forgot the word um when you look at yourself affirmations oh yes affirmations they're also really good for that because the reality is that these these things that happen in our life they don't define who we are and we can't just get stuck in it we mm-hmm. have to watch these these thing happen when when it's happening accept it and just let it go yep. okay I can't do it today. Yeah, it sucks today, but then tomorrow will be another day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if we keep putting ourselves down, that's not going to help us. And if anything, it's going to add more stress Mm -hmm. to an already stressed body. Mm -hmm. And if your cortisol levels are going to go off the roof and you're not (laughs) going to, yeah, you're not going to get anything good out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit more about with Endo, why you started it, what what it is, how people can like find out more about it? Okay, so with Endo started as a crazy idea that I had <laughs> of helping as many women as, as I could with endometriosis. I mean, and mm-hmm. dealing with the symptoms or having a better life with it, because me myself, <laughs> I have endometriosis. I've had it since I was 13. Mm. since my first period came it was a traumatic experience because I was going through so much pain uh I told my mom she was like no that's normal that's part of being a woman and Mm -hmm. I had to live with that for until I was 18 so it was five years of just dealing with my pain on my own having to go to school like that because my mom also had endo but we didn't know we just realized this year so for her, it was also normal to have painful periods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so 18 years, I turned my 18 um, years old, and then I started going to a gynecologist because I wanted to get my pills because I started my sexual life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told them my whole story. I have terrible pain. I, I feel this. I get bloated. Throughout those years, like before I went to my gynecologist, I was in hospital probably five times. Oh I would gosh. go there because I got, my belly would get super huge. They thought it was um, appendicitis. Mm. Like all of, the, all of the time that I would go, they'd be like, oh, that may be appendicitis. And I'm like, no, it's not appendicitis. It's something <laughs> yeah. else. I know, I know yeah. that it's not that. Yeah. And so, yeah, they will do the exams. And of course, my, my appendix was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to this gynecologist. I, I asked him and he was like, okay, we're going to do a bunch of exams. So he sent me, um, ultrasounds and he sent me like blood tests and a bunch of things and everything came normal. 
Again, I went back and asked for the same, and the same doctor did exactly the same exams when we knew, when we knew that nothing was going to show up. Mm-hmm. I changed doctors, went to another one, told him the same, and he said that I was inventing my pain, that that wasn't true, oh that it could have been that I was a hypochondriac, that I should go to the psychologist. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> I feel it. How dare you? Yeah. So I changed, I changed doctors. And then something happened. My mom, she got breast cancer. Mm. And I don't know, but life is, I don't know, people believe in God or, or other things. That for me, it's the universe and the magic of the universe. It just does its things in a way that, that everything clicks together. Yeah. So my mom had breast cancer and we got this super amazing doctor. Everyone said like, this is going to be, this is the best doctor that you can find in your city where you live. So go to him. And we went to him. My mom was in her appointment with him and I just dip in and I told him, look, um, I know my, my mom has breast, my mom has breast cancer. And that's something that concerned me and my sister as well, because I mean, you know that it can pass very easily from generations. Mm-hmm. And mainly when your mom has breast cancer, you have to be very aware of all of the things that are happening in your body because we could, we could have the gene, right? We could mm-hmm. have that anomaly there that can repeat it, the cancer later on in our lives. And he said, yeah. And I said, look, and I also have something else. I have terrible pain when my period comes throughout the month. I get bloated out of nowhere and I have to go to the hospital. They think it's appendicitis and that has happened multiple times. And I always tell them it's not, but, and I told him everything. Like I get huge blood clots. That is super important. If you get huge blood clots in your, in your, during your period, mm-hmm. that means that you probably have endometriosis. Mm. Some doctors rule them out very easily. And they say, no, that's normal. No. If you get a clot like this. Yeah, like quarter size. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. Mm-hmm. And that means that you probably have endometriosis. Even if it's not endo, it's something that needs to be addressed. It's something that needs to be checked. So... After that, I spoke to him and I told him everything. And he was like, whoa, you're a good candidate for having endometriosis. Mm. And he said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to perform a laparoscopic surgery on you. We're going to open, make a little incision and check with a, with a camera, with a tube, what is inside of your, of your abdominal area, what we can find. He did it. He opened it. And of course, I had endometriosis. Mm. I had something else that is called retrograde mes- menstruation. Okay. And that happens when the blood, instead of going down, um, of, I mean, off of your uterus and down through your vagina, mm-hmm. it goes up and it goes back to the fallopian tubes and it comes out the other way. It comes uh-huh. out through the uterus. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because doctors still don't know and the, com- and the scientific community still don't know how endo is created, but they believe that that can be one of the causes for endometriosis, the retrograde menstruation. Mm. But we go back to there, they looking into a specific point of your body, right? Which when we think about our bodies as a systemic thing and endometriosis as a systemic uh, illness, that it affects everything. But for them, that could be one of the reasons why endometriosis happens. So he told me, you have retrograde menstruation, you have endometriosis, you are in uh, stage two to three. Mm. And 
okay. I was like, okay, so what do we do from here? Two years of pills, no bleeding, no period throughout mm. those two years whatsoever. Mm. And then in my second year, I mean, and the truth is that I didn't feel anything. If I take my pills, uh, I didn't feel anything. Mm -hmm. But if I forgot to take one, the pain was unbearable. And I could start bleeding right away that day uh -huh. that, I didn't, that I didn't take it. So after the second year, I decided to stop the treatment. I was done with the pills because I started losing loads of weight. Mm. I end up weighing by uh, the end of uh, the beginning of 2013, I was weighing 38 kilograms. Oh, wow. Which is nothing. I mean, yeah. it's like a kid. Yeah. And I said, no more. I think this feels plus the lifestyle I was get, I was like living <laughs> the, throughout my, yeah, those 20 years that I wasn't, uh, it was terrible. And I said, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to stop these pills and I'm going to find something else. I stopped them. And from that time until I turned 26, that's when, no, see, 26, when we started working with Widendo and when we started understanding, I was controlling my pain through breathing, mm. which was hard Yeah, because the pain was unbearable and I didn't want to take anything because I knew nothing would have helped me. And people were like, take Tramadol or take, na -na. and I was like, no, I don't want to take anything. I want my body to do its job. Yeah. But without knowing that I was actually causing more damage because of the food I was eating. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, we traveled to Argentina, Gavin and I, one time, and we had a plan to go to Uruguay. And that day I woke up, I couldn't get out of bed. Nothing. My my legs weren't working. The pain, everything. My husband had to carry me to the bathroom for me to take a bath because I couldn't get out of bed. I was feeling terrible and I was telling him like, is this only me? Could this be only me? I mean, I don't think I'm the only person who has to go through all of this. Mm -hmm. So we started reading. I started reading, I mean, to Gavin, to my husband about endometriosis because we spoke about it, but it was very superficial, right? I told him I have this condition. It is chronic. Uh, it gives me pain. Uh, so if you see me in pain, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and then that was the first time that he actually gets to see what endo really did to me. Mm -hmm. And I could see in his face, he was also destroyed. I mean, he didn't know how to, what to do, how to react or so we sat down and we started reading stories of other women of endo hobbies and I mean husbands that, with women that have endometriosis. Um, we started looking for all of the information we could, and he said, he said to me, "Why don't you teach about this? Mm. You have it, and you know how it feels." You could do something, and I said, "Yeah, I've always been like I always felt that." I needed to do something to help people. That was my calling. And that was something that I knew I wanted to do since I was a kid. And then when we started discovering a lot of other things, this, this, became, this mini dream became a huge idea. And it was like, okay, we're going to work not only for the women that have endometriosis now, but for the kids that are coming, these little girls that are coming that, haven't been, that they haven't been born yet, but they're going to come into a world 
and we hope to leave them a better world. We hope, we hope that we can live a world of people that are able to communicate these private illnesses because endo, since it is related to period, it is so taboo, taboo still to talk about these things. Yeah. So we want to create, we wanted firstly to create awareness on endometriosis, tell people, yeah, these can be invisible, but we are not. And what we feel are symptoms are not invisible to us. We feel them, we have to live with them, and we want you to understand as well. Because this is one in every 10 women in the world. Wow. There are more women suffering from endo than women that have a, a, a HIV, mm. for example. And the, I mean, and the government still don't do, don't, they don't do anything. The governments, they don't do anything. So it is our time to grab this illness and start doing something for ourselves. And that's why I wanted with this. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to do with, with Endo. I wanted with Endo to be like the window to start opening your mind to other treatments, to other procedures, things that don't necessarily involve surgery. Or because we have seen, and this is very scary as well, the amount of women that are quitting their uterus. Because Mm. doctors say that that's the only way to cure endo. And let me tell you, you're not going to cure endo if you take your uterus out. Yeah. Because your lesions are still there. Mm -hmm. So you're still going to feel the pain even if you take your uterus out. And not only that, women need to know that they can develop early osteoporosis mm. they yeah. can develop they can develop early menopause mm-hmm. and it, it, that comes with osteoporosis hot flashes you get a uh, vaginal dryness which means that sex becomes sometimes almost impossible yeah and all of these things i'm not sure if doctors actually talk about these things and the and the back the yeah like the the bad sides of the hysterectomy you're mutilating mm-hmm. your body. And not only that, there are women that want to be a mom and they have to quit that dream because yeah. doctors, the only thing that they offer is this type of surgery. Yeah. No, there are a lot, a lot of other things that we can do. We can try to do as, as at least, and that's what endo, the, with endo it's about. Mm-hmm. It's just grab this thing because it's yours, it belongs to you and it is with you, it has been with you for years. So just grab it and start studying it because also every woman has a different body. Mm-hmm. That's why with our program, we don't tell like, follow this diet. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't know if that diet is going to work for that lady. Mm-hmm. Your case is specific to you. My case is specific to you. For example, I, I can, like for me, I can drink dairy products and I won't get as as bloated as another woman. So mm-hmm. in my case, I could say, oh, well, dairy is not so bad for me, so I'm going to keep eating it. That's your choice. For mm-hmm. other women, for example, dairy can be an absolutely no-no. Yeah. Because it causes inflammation, or in my case, for example, dairy, it gives me allergies. It increases uh, my yes. allergies. Yes, me too. And that was something I was like, what? <laughs> this, like dairy causes me to get congestion and headaches and like sneezing. Yes. It's crazy. It is crazy. And then once you stop uh, using these dairy products or you replace them, because that's the other thing. I mean, people think like, so why am I going to eat? Yeah. <laughs> it's not just, it's not that you're going to stop eating. You're just going to replace these things that are empty foods 
mm-hmm. that they're not giving you anything. They're not yeah. putting anything good in your body for things that your body actually needs, things that are good for you, things that are going to make you, your skin look better. Because I swear to you, once I stopped eating sugar, my skin got so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm impressed. I've never had this type of skin. And I have my period right now. Mm-hmm. And I barely got any acne this yeah. month. Me and too. I say, period, sisters. <laughs> period, sisters. <laughs> but yeah, this is crazy. It's just taking a step back, looking at what you're consuming, how it makes you feel, how it, it, what are the reactions your body have? What are the reactions in, we're talking about skin, we're talking about muscles, we're talking mm-hmm. about organs. We're talking also about the symptoms that you're feeling, all of these things, and just put it in a balance, write it down and see how it makes you feel. Then if you know that sugar is actually causing problems or you're feeling like, if you ate a cake this day, I feel a little bit tired, you know? Mm -hmm. I I feel tired. That could be part of that glycemic curve that we spoke about earlier. It's those peaks, those peaks in sugar that push you up into the roof and then they send you down. And then once you're down, it's done. There's nothing to do. You can yeah. drink coffee. You can, you can get six Red Bulls. You can eat, you can drink four Coca-Cola bottles. Yeah. <laughs> going to change. Yeah. 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 So what is the new program that you are working on and launching very soon? Okay. So our program it's we based it on a holistic approach to endometriosis Mm -hmm. so what we do is like i said before seeing endometriosis as a systemic illness that needs to be treated everywhere in your body Mm -hmm. it's not focused only on your uterus or let's say in your bowel or any of those things it's focused on your hormones and the way they are behaving and what we're trying to do is balancing them out but Mm -hmm. Also, we have a very important key, something that I found out because, as I said before, I suffer endometriosis myself. And what I realized is the thing that I needed the most was accountability. Because for me, it's very easy to, to stop doing things, right? We are constantly tired or, or we feel like maybe we're not getting enough, we're not doing enough, we're not, nah, nah. so everything gets harder. Mm-hmm. And you need someone there that is willing to walk with you, hold your hand and push you through all of this. And that's what we do with our coaches. We have them there for people that need that extra support to mm-hmm. have them to be there and to talk to someone else. Um, so we focus in every single point of endometriosis. We have the part, for example, of hormones that we spoke about, the part of a diet that we spoke about. We also have um, relationships, like the relationships with yourself that is so, so important because that's the one that we work the least on, the majority of people. I mean, we just tend to leave our relationships with ourselves for for the last thing. And we are not really realizing how important it is to be one with your body, Mm -hmm. to be one with, with the things you're feeling. Also mainly to understand why you're feeling the things you're feeling because they always have a reason. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're going to evaluate and reframe fear, pain, um, because all of these things, we tend to look at them in a negative way. When in reality, like we said earlier, we can reframe it all and try to get the positive out of the negative. Not every day, 
right? Because we are we are entitled to have our days yeah. of, of not wanting to. But the majority of things of days we try to push that positive positivity into the people that join our program. Also, we want them to to fall in love with self care, mm. which uh, is where we will teach them how to commit like we said earlier to to yourself and do things for you not for anyone else because it's you the one who has to live with your body for the rest of your life mm-hmm. uh in we have because uh, i didn't say this at the beginning but we have six pillars that are super important and it's what our course our course is based on mm-hmm. um so the first one like i said earlier was reframing and uh evaluating all mm-hmm. of the things that come with endometriosis. The second one is falling in love, like I said, with self-care. Mm-hmm. The third one um, is the six elements of the ribbon method mm-hmm. and uh, how we will teach them how to use those six elements to reframe absolutely the endometriosis. That is the hardest part, I think, because mm-hmm. we tend to give so much negativity, of course, because we are dooming pain and and all of the, uh, all of our lives, we'll be trying to get rid of it instead yeah. of understanding and listening to what it needs or what it has to say. Um, then we will teach them as well um, a part of anatomy and physiology because we really don't know our bodies. <laughs> yep. And we need to start understanding really what we have inside of us so we can actually identify the pain, for example. Mm-hmm. So we can identify what we're feeling and where we are feeling it. Um, so we're also going to talk about the central role of the liver that we talked a little bit about it. And yeah. generally the swelling and the, the swelling and the pain comes uh, from the inflammation, right? Mm-hmm. That is caused by the toxins that are not uh, evacuated in your body. So we spoke about that. And also... We want them to understand and decode, decode their menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. right? Each one of them, because as we said, everybody is different and we, we uh, react differently to the stimuli that is outside our bodies. Every single person does that. Yep. And it's different. Uh, and then the sixth one that we want, the sixth thing that we want to do is we call it understanding the trifecta, but it's really talking a little bit more and deep into the hormones and understanding the imbalances of the hormones and how they wreak havoc in our body and how can we be better equipped to fight that. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's basically the, the main things that we have in our course oh but I, oh no sorry i also <laughs> have something else here um yeah you will learn that this is super important and i think it was huge for me and it changed the way i i deal with my illness and i really want everyone to do that as well is how to build an integrative team mm. that works for you and yes. specifically for you yep so in that goes the things like how to hire and fire your doctors because mm-hmm. sometimes we believe that okay if I, if I have a doctor then I have to stick with him forever and the doctor is the only authority and if he said that's the way then that must be the way no mm-hmm. and mainly when you're suffering from conditions like this one that have been neglected for so long you need to put like to stand to stay firm and be if you're not going to work for me then I need to find someone that is willing to do that 
So mm. we will teach them, the women that go through our program, how to do this because there are tips and things that you can use to better communicate with your team. And the ideas that you also have, this, it's going to be also to create an integrative team, which means it's not only going to be the regular or the general doctor or the general gynecologist, it's going to be, it, it's going to have more shades into mm -hmm. what these treatments could be, right? Depending yep. on the person as well, depending on each one of their stories and what they want to achieve. So everything is very personalized and specific to every single person that joins that course or the program. And then we also, like the last part of the program, we will teach them uh, how to accomplish all of the goals that they have because they need to set goals for five years mm -hmm. uh, and how we are going to teach them how to accomplish that, those goals. And the most important part, and I think that this is wonderful because it's giving them also a role inside the program is that once they are done, they can come back to our program and work with us as coaches mm. because they have lived all of these programs through and they know how it is. So the idea is that if they want to do it, they can come back and work with us. And then we are creating a bigger community and also the idea is that they can share all of the information, this new information that they got from us, that they can share in their communities, that they can grab these people that live next to them and they can teach them and, and share about endometriosis and periods and that we can finally take that taboo label off of periods because mm -hmm. they are normal. They happen. Yeah. What is not normal is that they hurt, but they are normal. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we should be able to talk about it. Absolutely. That's so exciting. That would be, I can just imagine how helpful it would be for someone to have all of that all in one place. Like, I think that can be the scariest part about being diagnosed. Like, even though you want, quote unquote, a diagnosis because you want to know what's wrong with you or what's, or quote, again, quote unquote, what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. But it's also scary when you get that and you're like, okay, now what do I do with this? I don't know where to start. I don't, you know, like the integrative team, like you're talking about, I never, that was something that I had to start learning. Cause I was like, well, I have this doctor that gives me these pills. So I go to her, but I have, now I have a naturopath. I have a functional medicine nutritionist. I have a therapist. I have like, you know, a different coach that helps me with a different part of my life. So it's, for me, having multiple people that have a specialty in one area that can help me with that one specific part because it's so, there's so many different parts. And I think that, that that's amazing. Like that'll, this is going to be, it's going to change the world. It's going to help so many people. I love that. That's so yes, hopefully that's what we're working so hard for. I mean, the idea for me is just that women don't have to go through what I went through. That's mm -hmm. what motivates me as well. And my dream is to be a mom one time. I want to be a mom. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, I don't want my kids to have to go through what I have to go through. Yeah. Nor my kids or the kids of my kids or the kids of the new generation that is coming. Because mm -hmm. it's not fair either. Mm -hmm. And we need to start putting faces into, this, into these uh, invisible illnesses. Mm -hmm. Not only endometriosis, there are tons of other illnesses, chronic illnesses that need to be put on like a face and say, hey, we're here, mm -hmm. we exist, and we are looking for solutions since you are too busy working on something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go find my solutions. 
Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So and thank you very much, Jesse, for inviting for inviting me for having me today. Of course, I'm so glad you were on. If so, if people wanted to connect with you or find out more about with Endo, how could they do that? Absolutely, they can find us in our group. We have a private group in Facebook. It's called Within the Community. Okay. Um, they can also find me in Instagram as uh, with dot endo mm-hmm. at with dot endo, and they can also send me an email if they have any questions, if they want to know anything to Manu at withendo.com. And yeah, those are the places where you can find me <laughs> and I'm open for any type of conversation. If they just want to talk, if they have any questions about anything, just hit me <laughs> yeah. and I'll let you know, of course. Yeah, I will put all the links for everything in the blog post and in everywhere so that um, if people are listening, they can just click that over and and come and find you. But is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners of the podcast today? Yes, I'd like them to keep fighting. Like if you if you think that there is something that needs to be addressed in your body, don't let anyone tell you otherwise, because nobody knows yourself as you do. Mm -hmm. So don't let anyone tell you that there is nothing wrong or that you are inventing it. And if you need to change doctors, Mm -hmm. because there, there are some other people out there that are wonderful, that are willing to listen and that are willing to work with you. We just have to do the homework and start looking for them. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, keep fighting. Don't let anyone tell you that what you feel is not true. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for being on today. No, thank you, Jesse, for having me. Of course.